0: Hello, and welcome to the Reinforced Running Podcast. My name is Rich Ryan. I will be your host. Today, we have ultra-endurance athlete, Spartan pro, and endurance coach, Rhea Koval. Rhea is fresh off the Spartan Games, so she comes on to join us and tell us a little bit about the Spartan Games. But mostly, we talk about the mindset of an ultra athlete and how to harness the mentality to push yourself further. We touch on nutrition and how to defeat habits that do not serve you well. And we talk about how to use cross training to improve your longevity as an athlete and and really how that does or does not help you as a runner. So uh, a lot of good practical content there but but ray is very thoughtful person and she was extremely open and honest during the entire conversation and i was really impressed with the willingness to share uh for the betterment of us all so uh it goes without saying that i absolutely love this conversation it's one of my favorites yet so keep on listening and you will learn why so here we go so what was your least favorite event during spartan games
1: oh uh probably (laughs) anything heavy (laughs) um i this year i just kind of when everything closed in march i stopped going to the gym so i i really started enjoying just being outside all the time so Therefore, I can ride a bike for a really long time and I can run for a really long time. But when you put me next to a 160 pound deadlift, I like look at it and I'm like, well, that's it. <laughs> so there was a there was like an event that was like Highland Games where we had to do like a tug of war and then lift these like stones up on to like a four foot shelf. And like the third stone out of five weighed more than me. So I got there yeah. and nowhere further. Um, So I just like felt like I wasn't prepared for it and there was nothing I could have done. Um, but it like, even the events I was really bad at, it was then really fun to watch. So like, I like got eliminated in the first round of flag of Horror, but then it was really fun to just sit there and like, watch people do it really, really well. Um,
0: have it be like pressure free at that point too. Okay, Yeah. I can just take, take all this in. It seemed interesting the way that they set it up because usually these sports, they're like something like a Spartan race or or CrossFit for that matter. It's usually just, they stay away from the very specialized aspects like a six hour run or a really heavy stone, like lift stone load. And they just kind of stay like general, right? So everybody's like kind of fast, kind of strong, like kind of good endurance. But this event seemed like it just went way to the outliers of everything yeah that that was that was when and, and when they gave you like that deadlift weight was it just like okay i get i need to take the penalty here or was it just were you so just like, expecting it at that point like okay, I so
1: did, I did, sorry time. it was like if you don't do it then you get zero points for the whole event but then i think they realized that like a lot of people aren't going to do it so they changed it to a 10 minute penalty so the whole event like the fastest times were like five minutes for the whole event and like if you couldn't do a deadlift now like 10 minutes is your like starting time and then right. so, like they kind of created races within races for people who couldn't do one thing but they could do everything else so you could still participate um but there were a lot of like i feel like extreme so like you know like somebody who maybe never runs now had to run like a trail half marathon or like 15 miles was like the minimum distance you had to complete and, like, nobody has ever wrestled, and we all had to wrestle. Yeah. <laughs> so It was just, like, a lot of, like, like basically the whole weekend was out of the comfort zone for everybody. Um, and even, like, for events like the long-distance trail running and long-distance, like, the mountain biking, that was, like, five, six hours. Um, I would usually rock that, and I'd be, like, super stoked about it. But coming into the event, like, I was so sore from everything we them done before that. I was, like, I don't really know if I can ride my bike. Wouldn't run for like that long now. So, even the events that you were good at, because of the way things were happening back to back to back to back, and like everybody was sore and like blisters and everything, I feel like everything was hard. Like, even the things that you usually could breeze through.
0: Yeah. And I, it seems like when I was like kind of looking over it, the like the, the fair, like it was unfair for somebody at every event like everybody had an event was like okay this isn't fair yeah do you think it was worse <laughs> i don't know for someone to need to do a 15 mile trail run who probably has never run 15 miles this year that's pretty that's pretty brutal so they, they could tap they didn't have to do like the full six hours for like the
1: no, so it was, like, six hours, as many laps as you can do. Um, it was mm-hmm. like a four-and-a-half-mile lap. Um, and then there was, like, a minimum requirement you needed to do to, like, be in the sprinting game. So, like, True the score. minimum requirement was, like, 15 miles on the trail run. Um, I think it was, like, 20 miles on the bike. Um, and, like, the other events, like, the strength events didn't really have a minimum, but it was very easy to just get zero points.
0: Right. <laughs>
1: um, and, like... I feel like coming from like an endurance, it's very easy for me to say, Oh, like the wrestling wasn't fair because that person is heavier than me and I had no chance at moving them. Um, And then, like, you know, like the stones weren't fair because I'm like five foot four and somebody is five foot nine. And like the four foot shelf is like harder for me to love to. But like other people could equally say, like, mountain bike wasn't fair because I brought my $5,000 bike, which was very efficient at climbing and I know how it rides. And so, like, that was an advantage. So it's really hard. Like, when you're in it, it's really hard to say whether or not it was fair.
0: But that's the th- Like, it just seemed unfair for everybody at some point. <laughs> it just yeah. kind of was like that. So, usually when these events like the spartan race or the like i said the crossfit they just try to make it sort of fair for everybody this just made it unfair for
1: everybody everybody
0: (laughs) i've never really seen an event like that did you like it
1: i love that um i think i think it was that whole year of like being like very different (laughs) and just being on the farm and like we all got like double COVID tested we got tested like a week before and then the day we were coming to the farm and so in a way when we got to that bubble the life was back to normal so just the fact that we could hug people race with people um you know like wrestle people you know like i really like this yogurt do you want to try it right things like haven't happened in a very long time so i feel like i wouldn't really have cared about like anything just the fact that we got like four days of like normal
0: racing was incredible and it, that's it where i was like most jealous of just seeing everybody like in the barn and just like everybody chilling yeah hanging out i was yeah. like oh man that looks like so much fun like summer camp
1: it was like summer camp it was amazing
0: that's so cool <laughs> awesome so Ray, i do appreciate you taking the time today just coming coming back from the whole Spartan Games adventure. So for the listeners who might not be too familiar with you, could just give us a quick rundown of who you are as an athlete and as a coach?
1: Yeah, um, my name is Raya. Um, I'm 29 years old. I live in Denver, Colorado. Um, I've been one form of an athlete all my life when I was little. I, I, lived, I grew up in Slovenia and I was on the Slovenian gymnastics team. Um, for many years, I did gymnastics for like 11 years, most of my childhood. And then when I quit, I kind of put the sports on hold, um, gained some weight. And then I kind of picked up running when I moved to the United States for college, just as a means to lose weight. Um, but it kind of became an addiction and something that I really loved. And after a few years of that, I stumbled upon obstacle course racing, which kind of combines running, which I did at a time with gymnastics that I grew up with. Um, So I was kind of instantly good at it. I really liked it. And I jumped into that, um, you know, had first full speed, Um, did that for a few years. And then I turned professional for that. Um, At that point, I finished master's at Stanford University and decided to drop out of PhD and pursue um, athletic career as much Mm. as I could. Um, It ended up being a great decision. I'm really happy with it. Um, And then over the years, I kind of started doing different sports. When I moved to Colorado, um, I kind of took up skiing again and mountain biking. And then um, last year, 2019, I got invited to be on a team for Eco Challenge um, Fiji, which was an adventure race, like expedition adventure race, um, multiple days and everything. And I kind of sort of fell in love with that sport. Um, so now I'm not quite sure which direction I want to go. Um, but I feel like I'm just going to try and do all of the sports at the same time.
0: Yeah. You you can say you're a Highland Games <laughs> athlete now. You can oh, say you're high. a CrossFit athlete now. You have all these <laughs> things on your resume. You got all this stuff now. Um, so when you were kind of going through that, that process and, you know, still in school and you had this opportunity to potentially go after being a full-time athlete, what was that decision like? Because it's not necessarily like an athlete who would be in like the NFL or NBA, right? There's guaranteed money essentially. And like, there is a sustained system to be a professional in that. The kind of route that you're going is pretty untraditional and you're kind of paving the way and like not a lot of people have been able to perform to a level that you have to sustain a lifestyle. So what was that choice like when you were like, all right, I'm going to go after this?
1: Yeah, um, I kind of did the like undergrad graduate school route, just because it seemed like the thing to do. Um, And I never really thought about what I wanted really out of my life. Um, So when I started racing in grad school a little bit more seriously, at that time, both like the racing and the PhD were making kind of the same amount of money. And I started really thinking about what I wanted to do with a PhD. And I realized that the life that i want to have like doesn't really need a PhD to to do it so like I don't I didn't enjoy being in the lab long hours I didn't enjoy working on problems by myself I really like being around people and being outside and so at that point I kind of realized that finishing and getting that degree isn't necessarily going to make me happier but Mm. the thought of being a professional athlete just like made me want to jump up and down the whole day Um, and I spoke to my PhD advisor and she she basically kind of said that like you have you know all life all your all of your life to come back to school if i want to finish um but it's the opportunity to be a professional athlete comes once so i decided to take it and just <laughs> see what happens it was terrifying um, i moved from california to boulder and the first day i got to boulder it was like one degree fahrenheit in a snowstorm And, snow storm, and I was, like, <laughs> what did i do but um, so kind of like it all just like sort of ended up working out and every time I was like oh I don't know if this is still like sustainable maybe I should look into getting a job a new opportunity came along that I took it um so a lot of it is just like you know being open and doing things that might seem a little crazy and you don't feel like you're ready for it and then usually lead to other opportunities and Things have been, I've been lucky that like things have sort of been working out month to month, year to year.
0: (laughs) Right. Yeah. And it's interesting that that one risk you took just kind of opened the floodgates in terms of what you would think is then possible. And, you know, like I said, getting into something like eco challenge, like, right, like that's so many steps down the road that when you were faced with that decision, that wasn't even on
1: the radar, you know,
0: and and like, who knows what that's going to bring itself next year or in two years so just that one decision is interesting like the sliding doors effect of where, where things have gone and, and like I
1: realized I was also like lucky at the time because I had no family to take care of I didn't own any property I had mortgage on like I was I didn't have student debt because I basically made it through school with scholarships so I had that like I had that ability to take a risk because it didn't like if it didn't work out I just figure something else but there were no like consequences for people other than me um, so because of that, like, I feel like decision like that is easier to make.
0: And when it comes to how that, has that kind of bled into the way that you make decisions for your races? Cause I mean, the races that you, that you do and that you really kind of created a, a niche for yourself more or less, and, and had some really dominating performances are these like in, incredible ultra distance events, right? Like winning the 24 hour Spartan world's toughest mutter, these races that, seem to be ris- inherently risky to even like attempt in the first place do you feel like that like have these decisions that have led you to this point also helped you decide like how to race and which races to go after
1: Yeah, I feel like um, probably like the biggest thing that kind of dictates all of my like thought process now is when I when I quit gymnastics, I didn't quite quit it on my own will. Um, I had this like mental block that basically prevented me from being able to do a handstand. So um, it kind of my whole life came crashing down in one day when that happened. And I was so lost and so without direction. And um, it was really rough, but I managed to build a life where I was really happy. So that kind of gave me the courage to like take chances on decisions that my like totally you know and not turn into anything because I feel like I have that confidence that I know how to start from scratch and hmm. get to the happy place again and so I feel like I don't really maybe that's a bad thing I never really consider long-term consequences so I just kind of like this is what I want to do now and then we'll figure the rest later um and again that kind of comes with the freedom that I have, where I don't have other people that rely on me. Um, but yeah, I feel like that's sort of it.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's a lot of people who are in that similar scenario that still don't take those type of risks. So you feel like it kind of goes back to a time where you had cam- come face to face with a big failure. So is it now at the point where you're like, hey, if, if things go wrong, like I got through it that first time? Do you, yeah. you can really kind of? Huh.
1: I feel like at that point like my life as I knew it. Crash, came crashing down and I was fine. And now I'm like, well, it's not going to be worse than that. So <laughs> let's do it. <laughs> hmm.
0: And is that so do you even like when you are about to go into an ultra event? Do you even consider that like, do you even consider it not going well? Or is it just, hey, I've been there before. So whatever happens happens like during the like 24 hour race?
1: i i considered those things like i was pretty hesitant about spartan games i was like i don't know if i'm ready for this like i really haven't been training this year like i should have like you know like i'd never thought anything would happen this year um but once i get going like usually at the start of any race like i'm like i want to quit now i don't want to keep going but then like i'm like too stubborn in a way i never really considered quitting so the longer the event goes the more that people want to quit the better edge i have because hmm. i i just don't quit i did this like 100k race that was like the worst and i wanted to quit at 15 miles and i don't really know why i kept going i finished like with a really poor poor results so i wasn't like to prove anybody anything it was just that i maybe i don't know how to how to really quit
0: <laughs> yeah i mean that's a uh, definitely a pro in the ultra racing, but maybe, maybe not a, maybe a con in some other areas for sure. (laughs) Um, so with that, like when, because it has to creep in, right? Like, is that just something that when that thought does creep in, like you said, even during that hundred K that there were thoughts of like, Oh, I want, I wanted to quit. Like, do those come in and and when they arrive, how do you deal with them? Because, you know, you kind of said two things, like I never consider quitting, but the thought still Comes in. So is it just kind of built in there? Like, I'm not going to quit no matter what? Or do you constantly have to kind of remind yourself? I think
1: like- now I've done enough events where I finished and like I felt really beat up and I was so happy that I finished. And I feel like any pain that I'm going through in the moment or like that's, you know, no. like cold or like shaved or like I know that mm, quitting then would like probably hurt me long, hurt me more long term than whatever is hurting me in the moment. Um, So I think it's just having the experience of knowing how great it feels to finish something you thought you couldn't have done um, versus how horrible it feels when you quit.
0: Right. Huh. So once you've gotten through those first couple of really hard efforts, that, that feeling can kind of stick with you and
1: yeah.
0: Hmm. And so do you remember what it was like when, in the early stages of, of like ultra training versus now like, or ultra racing, I guess was it much harder in the beginning? I I mean, obviously for anything, it's going to be harder in the beginning than when you get more experience with it. But like, was that mindset different then, or is it just easier to kind of go into a race now?
1: Well, actually I feel like my first, like, I guess big endurance events was the 24 hour obstacle course race world toughest matter in 2017. Um, and I went into that, like having zero experience with ultra stuff. And I did really, really well. Like it really didn't hurt that much. Um, I like kind of got over it with like a few hours to until the finish time. It was like a 24 hour event, but I did so well that I had enough lead that I could just like stop and be done. And I still won the event. Um, So in a way I had like a really, really great first experience. And then it was almost harder after that because I knew what was coming. I knew that like at some point I'm going to start hurting and I was just kind of like waiting for that to happen. And then when, you know, like I had expectations of myself that I didn't have, in my first event, so I feel like in a way it almost gets harder the more you do it, and also mm-hmm. I feel like your you know mental bucket, um, mental capacity to push through like it gets drained eventually. So it like at some point you start asking yourself like I've already done that, like why am I doing this again? Um, so I feel like that's kind of why I keep doing like different things all the time because the variety makes you makes it easier to push through and then you have another experience where you push through and then you can draw on that when you're doing something that you've done before already and it hurts just as much as <laughs> it did the first time. Um, yeah.
0: Hmm. Yeah, that's really interesting because, you know, coming in to that world's toughest, I mean, you had already had some success in obstacle course racing up to that point, right? But never really pushed into that, that ultra um, arena. So that's something that I always kind of struggle with trying to figure out right like for me on my end like i've always been like relatively fast at shorter events and you know from whatever is within you know your typical races you know 800 to like marathon whatever and like so i just figured as it scales up like it's still running so it wouldn't be a problem but like i found that that's not necessarily the case <laughs> so like yeah. what what do you think does separate the the best of the ultra runners from some of the the regular like the runners who excel at something like a super or uh like a beast or just like a marathon or something
1: i think it's just like what you like doing better um i Mm. think if you're not totally in love with you know the type two fun where you know (laughs) reward when you stop feeling like crap is bigger than whatever you're going through in the moment if you don't love those things i don't think you can do it um, because even training for it, like, when it's miserable out and you decided to go on a long run, like, you can always turn around. But if you, like, really like the fact that how you feel after you've done that miserable run, you're going to keep going. And that's kind of what trains you for the really long and miserable events. And so I feel like it's, it's just a propensity for type two fun um that makes you want to train more for that and and like you know like now if you ask me to run like really fast for a really short event i don't think i would be able to just because i don't train for that anymore um
0: yeah does it even like is it compelling to even train for something like that like if you were to run like train for a a 5k in 10 weeks would you just be bummed out
1: um after doing the Spartan games, like the short stuff was kind of fun again. So I'm like mm-hmm. thinking, oh, maybe like, maybe I kind of want to work on getting some of my speed back. But then I came home and I was like, I would really just rather go on a long and easy ride than, you know, going to gym. So I feel like right now I'm just kind of trying to figure out where I'm putting my focus and like if I want to just stick to adventure racing and this like ultra long events, or if I want to try and get some of that speed back. And um, it's like right now I can't really figure out what my focus would be for the next year. But um, I think whenever you haven't done something for a long time, it kind of gets, at least for me, it gets that like charm back where I try and get better at it again.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. And when you get a little taste of it and you see some other people who do kind of, trained in that realm, it kind of gets compelling again. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but I'm sure like when you get back into the wheelhouse, so what do you think does separate someone like the, the best ultra athletes from other ultra athletes? Like, do you think it is uh, like, where do you think the line is between fitness and like physical preparedness and like mental preparedness and how, and like, what do you think someone who might be, you know, coming in top, five or top 10 in these ultra events need to do to get into like the the podium type range
1: i think i think the physical fitness does matter you know a significant way because you everybody starts hurting and the more fit you are you start hurting later so Mm -hmm. you have to push through less pain because the onset of it didn't happen um you know, as soon as if you're less prepared for it. But then once that, once, you know, things start to hurt and the aches and pains come on, then I feel like at that point it really, the mental toughness comes in and like, you really have to know why you're doing what you're doing. Because if like, you're like, well, I'm just going to go for a run. If you don't have other motivation to do it, then I feel like at that point it's really hard to push um, through pain. And also having experience of knowing that no you know no pain lasts forever and
0: mm-hmm.
1: i did like an ultra on um, ultra trail on a 46 mile race a while ago and i felt like crap at the start and i was like my legs aren't working like my ankles are hurting my knees are hurting but i knew that like i never really feel bad forever and i just had to go through that to get to the point where i was feeling good which started happening at mile 30 um and <laughs> that can be like and that can be different every year and then I felt really great at mile 30 and I was like well like I know that's not going to last forever either so I just like tried to run really fast while I felt, felt good um, and just having the experience of like knowing that you just need to push through hard times and at some point it's going to feel good for a little while um, I think that's also just really important
0: a 30 mile warm up that's all you needed just, eh, just get things rolling 30 miles <laughs> later I'm fine you like, used 30 to... miles now I feel like yeah <laughs> So is is having that thing that you do need to remind yourself, like I love that just like the no pain lasts forever. Like right there is like enough of a race reminder really for any distance, because there is gonna be a point where any race you're doing, there's gonna be some sort of discomfort or, or pain, even if it's a a five a five minute, you know, mile race or a fifty yeah. mile ultra event, like there's gonna be something that's going to suck that will eventually not suck. So I like that as just a like a, a reminder and a mantra. But like you mentioned the the why you're really doing that. And is that something that you have to, to consistently revisit or is like, and remind yourself of, or is that something that you've like w- done work on that, you know, is always there um, in terms of like the real reason, like why you're out there doing it.
1: I think there's an, the overarching reason, which is um, I want to finish this um, because <laughs> you know, like, I hate, I hate quitting. I think that's always kind of there, but then I feel like every race, has a different why. And that just kind of comes with the circumstances um, of the moment that I'm doing it. in. so like the 46, 47 mile race that I did that was really horrible. (laughs) Um, I got like blisters right away and my gear wasn't working. And I just really, like, was in a pretty bad place the whole time. But there was a bike the next day, and I really wanted to do the dual sport. And so if you want to do the dual sport, you have to finish the run. So at that point, the run itself kind of became irrelevant as the run race, but it became really important for me to finish that because I wanted to for bike to be the dual sport race. So Hmm. I feel like that's usually... There's always something specific like that in every race that I do. So when I was for Eco Challenge in Fiji, um, there was the fact that I don't want to quit and I don't want to quit for my team. But there was also the fact that I really wanted to see the full course and I wanted to do every single section of what they made for us. And that was like the big reason why I never even wanted to quit there. Um, So every race has a different specific why, but the overall, like the big thing is always kind of there.
0: Yeah, now I'm glad you mentioned the the why behind the Eco Challenge because that that's interesting because that's a that's a whole team event and I mean the landscape looked insane it looked like such a cool event just to like be out there and just like to be with even like the the native people the whole thing was just seemed like such a cool experience and how how does the why behind something like that and a why behind like something that is really tied to your 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 monetary success in terms of like, like a world's toughest mutter a couple of years ago, or like the Spartan ultra championships, does your mindset change based on what's at stake for them? Or is it something that is that, that's still kind of that voice between, behind, like you don't not wanting to quit still a kind of thing that's driving you.
1: I feel like it's always more of like an internal personal reason um, rather than like an external, like monetary um, award. Of course, like when you're a professional athlete and when you live off of that, that's always like in the background, but I try to make sure that I never pick races just for that because I find that when it gets like really hard, that kind of doesn't really matter. Yeah. <laughs> um, it might be like the difference, like why you push like really hard on the last lap, if there's like a lot of money on the line, but the fact that you have to get to that lap, I feel like that's that's all like intrinsic and internal and has a different kind of motivation behind it. Um so like the Spartan ultra was I wanted to see so the the other two twenty four hour obstacle course racing events that i've done had like running penalties for obstacles and you could have people help you and the spartan ultra world championship was the first one where you had to um a lot of there were some mandatory completions and then there were burpee penalties for the obstacles you failed and there was no help so to me that was a big challenge i was like okay i know i can do a 24-hour ocr event that's that other format but can i do it um when I have to do these obstacles for 24 hours. Um, And like, how do I keep my hands warm? And it's just like all these other things that i wanted to see if I can do that was the big motivation there. Um, And then Eco Challenge was just, it's not just about you, it's about the team too. And so that was like a big push, Um, just not wanting to let anybody else down um, and then just the, you know, the epicness of the course and not wanting to <laughs> miss out on anything. I have a pretty bad case of FOMO with a lot of things. And that was, <laughs> that was a That's big, a big one. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: And then also like when you train so hard and like when you taper so much for that big of a race, I wanted, I wanted that to count. I wanted to go like all the way and give everything that I have. I really like the feeling of at uh, the finish line when you know that you, you're so exhausted because you did everything you could
0: yeah and that and that like the training worked right that that's always a cool a cool payoff as well it's like okay i did all this to lead up i tapered myself down to get to this point and it worked that's uh, that is also a pretty cool feeling um cool so like i mean the mindset behind an ultra runner is definitely something that is is super important and one other thing that i've i find to be you know somewhat looked overlooked in terms of importance is the relationship that Uh, endurance athletes have with nutrition and you know for the most part nutrition athletes they really what I found is they want to talk about you know what do I eat before a race what do I eat during a race what do I eat after a race and they don't really spend too much time like touching on like their their relationship that they have with food and I know you recently kind of came out and we're talking about your personal relationship with food and kind of like the decision that you've made to, to make a lifestyle change with that. And so I was just curious, in like, w- what kind of led you to the point and realizing that you needed to kind of make that change?
1: Yeah, I feel like it's any anything that takes a lot of mental strength, you only have so much. So I think I've, in a way, ran out of mental strengths to power my eating disorder, um, which I guess it's it's hmm. a good thing. So um, I just I got sick and tired of you know having to always make myself you know throw up after dinner um and i just i wanted to have a more normal life i wanted to go with people and get ice cream i wanted to be okay with you know there being a breakfast buffet at a hotel and me being okay eating that and not always having to have my own bowl of cereal and like that's like the one thing that i eat and that's the one thing that's okay so that takes a lot of mental strength and Mm -hmm. um And after about 20 years, I think I exhausted that bucket. Um, And then also just like knowing um, all the time I knew that what I was doing isn't sustainable and isn't healthy, but it wasn't hurting me in the moment. In a way, it was being rewarded in a moment because I was light and I was fast and I was really good. Um, And you don't get an award for being on the scene for 10 years. You get an award for what you do in that moment on a race day. And so that was hard to break out of, and I feel like the COVID cancellation of the events it kind of made me reconsider what do I wanna what do I want to be able to do in ten years, which hmm. before I never looked at, and I knew that the path I was going on I wasn't it, I wasn't gonna be able to do what I do for that long. And it seemed like a good time (laughs) to try and break out of that.
0: Absolutely. And that's like the, that's the thing that's so unfortunate about this for endurance sports is that like the, the over, I mean, over time, it'll it'll definitely be detrimental in terms of just like available energy, but with like aerobic development, like it, it, doesn't really get hurt. So like, it does kind of work, you know, like it has, it works and that's why it's so prevalent in the sport of people just having these either, you know, like binging and purging stages or just like not eating at all. And like, they're still able to run fast and, and run well. And, and it is just unfortunate that that's that's kind of the case until it gets to like that breaking point and, and the mental stress i can't imagine so is because there is only so much bandwidth like you had mentioned a couple of times you only have so much resources to spend and having all that time like wrapped up in worrying about what you were going to do later i'm sure just kind of came to that point and but at the same time like there has to be those patterns that have been built in for such a long time in your life those just I, I'm sure, I mean, I'll let you speak to it, but they, I'm sure they just don't go away, right? Like I'm sure there has to be something that that kind of still kind of pulls at you. So have you had any kind of strategies or like reminders in place when you kind of start feeling like these old patterns kind of emerge again?
1: Yeah, I feel like again, it comes back to like running ultras. I think I'm just lucky that I don't quit. So once I made the decision, (laughs) like once I made a decision, I'm like dropping out of grad school. That was it. Nobody's going to change my mind. Once I made the decision, I'm going to finish like eco challenge. Nobody was going to change my mind. I tend to just be like mentally so stubborn that I feel like it's, it's, it sort of saves me in moments. And I feel like once I made a decision in March, that I'm never, ever again, making myself purge. That was it. Nobody's going to change my mind. But it's still, it's still really, really hard when my patterns like get disrupted. So when I, I wasn't even injured, like after um, the Grand Traverse, which was a 47 mile run, um, my knees started hurting and I couldn't run. Um, I still biked a ton. I still swam and everything, but like my mind was like oh we're not running right now we should probably Mm -hmm. go back to the patterns that we knew we worked when we were injured before um and it was really hard to be like no i'm like not changing my diet i'm like not going back into the old um you know unhealthy habits just because i can't run for two weeks um so i feel like when it's events like that it's like it's kind of comes comes back but i think i'm just lucky that i'm I fight it. I don't give into it.
0: Yeah, that is interesting because I I feel the same way and I've had similar struggles to that, like kind of things that you're, you're explaining in terms of like, I would do the same type of thing. I would eat. And then if I felt really bad about it, I had like this, you know, erase button to just kind of get rid of it. Right. And just kind of make myself feel better. And and all in the hopes that my body composition would be in a, a place that would be that would help my performance and like that's what everything was kind of connected to so there's always kind of like for me anyway there's always this underlying like body composition uh just issue that's always that always there so when you kind of get like so when you're running a lot everything's cool but then when things get kind of thrown out of the mix and like you your body starts to feel a little bit different it, it is definitely definitely worrisome so when the when when you were when those things just happened now was it just a matter of fighting it and just kind of putting on that mental willpower or was there anything else that was like really helped you kind of push through
1: um i told people about it this time so before it was kind of a secret and nobody knew about it so when i you know when i did it like it didn't matter because it was just me um and i this time i like a lot of people know about it now but i told my boyfriend about it so when i had that like urge to do it again i just told him about it and i was like don't let me (laughs) um so i feel like having like some external uh, accountability for that um and like again kind of like with eco challenge not wanting to let other people down besides yourself i think that's also really powerful and really helpful
0: and that is something that you know like yeah i had my issues hidden for years and years. And like when I first started talking about it, people would like say it was like, quote unquote, brave. And I would just didn't necessarily feel that way. I was like, okay, yeah. I guess but like, it definitely is because it's a vulnerable position to be in. And when especially someone like you who's admired for the strength that you have, has to come forward with something like this, like it's it's hard, but you know, it's definitely something that people do admire. Was it hard to first like, was it hard to first start talking about it?
1: Yeah, it was really hard and it took me quite a while. So like I made my decision in March and I didn't come out with it until I think, I think it was August um, or something (laughs) like that. Um, So I really, I really wanted to know that I'm on track and that I'm not going back before I was able to talk about it. So it was kind of like almost like celebrating my success in a way. Um, But I was, I didn't dare say anything before um, because I didn't want it to be like, Hey, I have this and then like go back to it. So Um, I think that's like where I probably would have done better if I like, you know, seeked help, like mental counseling and things like that. And I didn't do that. And I feel like that would have made it a lot easier. Um, But yeah, it's 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 hard. And in a way, like the reason why I shared it in part was also because when I I knew the races weren't going to go as great as they used to go, at least for a little while. Um, I'm sure I'm going to get back to where I was, but I think it's going to take still, still quite a little bit of work. And I, I didn't want to have to make up excuses. I wanted to be like, this is why and this is what I'm dealing with. And this takes a lot of mental strength. And it just makes my body different. Mm -hmm. And that's the reason why I'm maybe slower.
0: Right. And like, most likely and chances are like you're going to come back better and stronger, right? Like that's yeah. and it's just, but it's just going to be the process of kind of going through it and just, you know, reestablishing and re, re and like just, just getting used to the new lifestyle more or less. And it does, it is interesting because it's just, it seems like, you know, hindsight's 2020 20 on the fact that, you know, you wish or like thinking about getting help earlier, but it isn't, it just isn't that like it feels like liberating now when you start to able to talk about it. But back then, like it just didn't even seem like a possibility of like getting help, yeah. you know? Um, Well, cool. Well, I'm glad that you did make that decision. Thank you for, for sharing and everything. I think that that's really a, a powerful message because I know everybody has something, you know, <laughs> and yeah. this is a really common thing, especially in our space. Um, and so, Another thing I did want to kind of touch on that is outside of the you know the mindset and the performance aspect is some of the cross training pieces that you put into place for your training. And I, I I'm I'm a little familiar with the training, but I know that volume is definitely you're not afraid to to do a lot. <laughs> um, and you've also known that you do now kind of put in biking and you've you've talked about skiing and, and things like that. So how how do have you been able to kind of put those things into place that helps your actual performance?
1: Yeah, um, I'm still not quite sure if it helps me be a faster runner. Mm. Uh, Right now, there's like so many factors, like it's, you know, like the whole fueling thing and nutrition, and then adding in a bunch of volume, not having races where I would really have to push really hard on the runs, like there's just hasn't been that stimulus. So I know right now I'm slower but it's really hard to pinpoint which of these factors is the cost. Um, I've definitely started biking a lot more. And I feel like that has, this year has been the first year where I haven't taken a single ibuprofen for anything that I've done. So I've been nice. feeling like injury free, pain free when it hurts to run. I don't run. I go on a bike. So I feel like that's probably like the biggest benefit that I've seen this year. Um, like all the like start lines that I have shown up at, like I was, I felt like strong and healthy at the start line and I feel like that's that's the big part about the cross training and I don't even think if at this point it counts as cross training because I feel like kind of trained the bike and running um sort of the same in a way I almost like like biking a little bit better because when I was going through like the body changes and everything it was just a lot less punishing so when you're you know in a saddle you can still push very hard your muscles can work very hard but your joints aren't getting that extra beating for the extra from the extra weight that I carried around for a little while. Um, Right.
0: So, yeah. So, you're able to kind of replace the volume at least. Yeah. And even on biking, just kind of go. Yeah. You can almost do more.
1: And you can do it the next day again. And you're like I did like this 11 and a half hour bike ride one day and I was fine the next day. (laughs) If I did like an 11 hour run, I don't think I'd be so fine. Um, (laughs) And right now, like, it's even hard for me to decide, like, if what do I care more? I feel like I'm definitely a much better athlete than what I was last year because I have all these skills that I didn't have before Um, but I'm not necessarily a better runner at the moment. And so it's really hard for me to decide what I value more. So like, do I want to keep the volume and like try and get the speed back within that or do I want to reduce the volume a little bit and like just try and be faster. So I feel like that just kind of depends on what 2020 is going to come to be. Um, right now I'm signed up for a few adventure races for which the volume is definitely and the skills and everything is more important than, um, you know, a hundred meter dash time. Right. Um, but it just depends what's going to come into play for the next year.
0: And you know, it's something that I kind of go back and forth with it as well, because with like the, the way that you mentioned the way you're using biking is just a way to preserve longevity, right? It's like, if you want to get better at running, you want to get better at fitness, you need to do it consistently for a long time. So, uh, and if that means it's swapping out some runs for a bike, like, yeah, like then that's what you should definitely do. But I, I, I've struggled with that as well. It's like, but is this actually making me faster? And it just seems like one of those things is running just feels like so productive, I guess, in, in a couple, yeah. a couple realms, you know, <laughs> um, just like the way like the, the pounding kind of feels, it just, it just feels like a little bit m- easier. But so I guess with, with the volume that you're kind of putting in, are you going to try to see? Like, so when it comes time to maybe pick some goals, maybe when like races kind of come back, um, and I know you got some adventure races coming up. Do you think that you'll kind of consistently, uh, or try to keep doing the biking with some of the running and just kind of elevate that volume even more just to see what happens? Or do you think there's going to be a time where you're going to have to kind of peel back and just go right back into running more?
1: I think, like, the kind of, like, steady state, I'm going to keep what it is right now. Um, and then if I do more of the races that do require running speed, I think in, like, weeks leading to that, I will probably cut biking volume down and, like, do more running. And then if I have bike races coming up, I'm probably going to focus more on that and just try to be a little bit more event-specific. Um mm before the event and what I did this year where you know I found out about Spartan games three weeks ago and you know I could have like dropped everything and go to the gym and try to like get the soreness over with so I wasn't like hobbling around on day two of the event um but I had like already like things planned so I was like I'm just kind of gonna go with it with what I did and I didn't change anything for the event specifically um so I feel like that's kind of like what I'll try to do a little bit better but I think, um, overall, like it makes me really happy to be outside. And I think, um, I think I've done enough over the past three years when it was just like result focused. that now I kind of want a more focus on like enjoyment focus and, um, just trying to see how far I can get without like making like really, really big sacrifices that I have.
0: Hmm. Yeah. It's more about found, finding balance. Right? Yeah.
1: <laughs> maybe, maybe one day I'll get there.
0: <laughs> yeah. Hopefully ba- balance in the extremes just start started everything more. Um, <laughs> yeah. Is uh, And is that, would you say that that's a pro- byproduct of the a season without races? Like kind of the same thing that we talked about before with the nutrition aspect to just kind of give you a time to look back and be like, all right, like what, uh, what do we need to do these next couple of years?
1: Yeah, definitely. I feel like it was the first time since basically my athletic career started that I had weekends free when I would just go, ski for fun or I would go bike for fun and I didn't really care if I got Strava QOMs and if I you know like I didn't care about performance I cared more about being happy doing what I was doing and I was like oh this is actually really nice um, <laughs> but then when we did the Spartan Games event I was like I really miss being like super ultra laser focused and uh-huh. doing well as a result of it um, so it's I still I'm don't have an answer I'm still gonna explore like what I want to do I know I love i love competing i think i just need to figure out what kind of competition right now can kind of satisfy both of those
0: right and how do you envision that working in terms of training like you know you said trying to like sharpen in and just kind of focus on something specific is that like going to be like a four-week thing or an eight-week thing or how much time do you think you'll give yourself from a practical standpoint in terms of training to like really kind of harness like the skills needed for the event coming up
1: um, I feel like now that like I'm going to start working at a gym, I'll have that like access to the specific training all the time. So I feel like my base of like my strength and everything will just be a little bit higher. So I'm, I'm hoping like a month before a competition is enough um, to kind of focus on the skills for that specific event. Um, but I feel like it's going to be a lot of trial and error. So I'm going to try something, see if it works, if it doesn't try something else.
0: Cool. That's, it'll uh, be a fun process, just a, a new way to approach things. And if you can figure out the best way to do that, it would, I mean, to me, it seems like, like it big just make things easier. you like not have to worry yeah. as much, not have to worry about doing everything all the time. Um, and how, like with, with the racing in general, I mean, and, and like you said, you, like, you're not, you're not afraid to, to, to race and like race often. Right. And, um, how have you been able to kind of handle that recovery in the past? Was it as, as something as just like kind of being hurt all the time or are you able to <laughs> and just like take some ibuprofen yeah. and just like tough it out? Cause you know, you can, or is there anything that you've found has been helpful in terms of like your recovery?
1: It was definitely a lot of just being especially on the, like, borderline of injury. Um, I think my foot kind of hurt the whole last year. I think my foot stopped hurting when we got in Fiji because I was, like, forced to be in a boat for two days and not for <laughs> two days. And that kind of made my like, injuries go away. Um, but it was definitely a lot of just, like, you know, powering through and toughening it out. And I feel like I kind of realized in 2019 that I was never fresh and the start line um sure I like showed up to every start line and I made it to every finish line but I feel like none of those races were at my true potential just because I was racing so much um and I feel like you kind of have to go through that if you like to I don't think if somebody told me like oh you can't race that much because you're not gonna do like um you know at your 100% I like wouldn't want to take their word for it I, I'm the kind of person that just like needs to try it and fail and then I'm like okay fine this doesn't work let's, let's just try something else um So I think I'm not, I'm definitely not going to race as much um, just because I do enjoy just training and there's a lot of like taper recovery, taper recovery when you race so much. Um, But it's definitely not something that I regret. I feel like it was, it was really fun and I like did a lot of things because of it and it made me in a way durable and it made me realize I can push through not feeling great and still do pretty well. Um, But I think I definitely want to do more races, more (laughs) rest
0: yeah yeah <laughs> just just see how that feels um because yeah i mean you got to kind of find your ceiling right like where what you can handle and then when you're in it you don't really know that you feel like shit yeah you, you know you're like it's, hey, it's
1: just standard state
0: this is just how i feel <laughs> like well i don't know yeah. what do you mean i can't race well like this this is how i feel every day yeah. um so like what do you think like what how often do you think like if you were talking to your your previous self and say that like you might your previous self might listen to your future self more. <laughs> like well, how often do you think you would tell your previous self to to race like in, in an ultra sense or what do you think like makes sense
1: i think like once a month um for me would be doable um hmm. and that's like you know like the more important races and if i do like a mountain bike race for fun it's more just a training run but i feel like things that take like focus and that give me jitters and like thing i think that's like probably like once a month is the cap and i've really like noticed that having one or two a events per year is basically what i can handle so last year it was eco challenge in sweden like the spartan ultra world championship those were my two events and i really i feel like i nailed those two really really well and then everything else around it was just kind of junk. So I think I'm gonna try and like not put more than like one or two really mentally taxing events in a year um, just cause it takes a while for your mind to recover and really wanna push yourself into the pain cave um, again.
0: Yeah, I bet with those events that are that long that are 24 hours and what, what do you go challenge? Take you guys like five days, five and a half days or something like six, that?
1: Six days and 23 hours. So. Yeah,
0: then 23 hours, that's, not, that's not, not really seven fun. days. Not yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and that's one thing that I'm curious about when it comes to like these longer races that there has to be the elements or just the thing. There's so many things that could go wrong. That like the recovery has to kind of vary, right? Based on like, you know, you could fall <laughs> or it yeah. could just your, your feet could get real messed up. Like in the eco challenge, like that poor team from Japan that had the trench foot thing. Yeah. I was like, oh my God, I can't imagine how terrible that would be. But like, so how do you account for that? Like, is there ever times you come out of a race feeling worse than anticipated or are there times you come out feeling better?
1: Ego challenge was actually really interested in, interesting in that sense because when we finished, I felt good. Like, I needed a lot of sleep, but once I woke up, I was like, I could go for a run right now, and I went, and that was dumb. Um, <laughs> nothing really hurt, so there was, like – it wasn't like I can run because my knee hurts, but my – hormonal system was just messed up. So like I did like that run and then I had to go nap for two hours. And I felt like that I like underestimated just how much my neuromuscular system was beat up and how much my hormones needed to reestablish themselves. And so I feel like I prolonged the recovery because my body let me do things that I should not have been doing. Mm. Um, so I did 10 days later, I did Spartan World Championship in Tahoe, which was this like 13 mile event. And I like my legs felt fine. I was like, I can run, I can do this. Um, but then as soon as like I had to do first set of burpees, I was like, Whoa, I'm really not fine. Um, and I failed so many obstacles and I like, basically cried my way to the finish line but i feel like sometimes the recovery is like less obvious and i feel like that's really what's tricky about this thing so you might feel good until you start doing things and then once you're in it you're just making things worse um so like after the 24-hour race i took more time off because i knew just how my body reacted after eco challenge um but yeah i feel like every time is just kind of a new thing and it's really hard to know just what's the right amount of time to take off
0: yeah, I can imagine. Do you think the sleep deprivation plays a factor in that as well? Like how and how do you how do you handle that? Like, and and actually, first, qu- like, yeah, do you think the sleep deprivation, pro- like makes the uh, recovery longer and harder?
1: Absolutely. For the eco challenge, that was the big thing. So, Like the yeah. first week I slept 14 to 16 hours every night, and then I took naps and I never take naps. Um, so, I think that was like the biggest thing that was the hardest to recover from. Um, oh for the 24 hour events, not so much. I feel like 24 um, hour events e- isn't that long to really mess you up that much. Like, you still sleep more than usual, but usually after a week, the sleeping pattern kind of comes back to
0: normal. Mm-hmm. Um, and how do you prepare for something like that or when, like, in something like Eco Challenge where there's going to be general fatigue or potentially. Yeah, just like, you know, you're physically beat up because of all the elements. Like, well, how do you differentiate, like, what is a problem from sleep deprivation and from, like, general fatigue?
1: Um, I don't think I really had that decoupled. I think it's just the – I mean, your body starts feeling better before your, you know, sleep patterns come back to normal. But um, Ryan that I race with, he was basically like, until my sleep pattern is back to, like, what it used to be, I'm not doing anything difficult. Um, huh. Meanwhile, I was like, well, I slept for 16 hours, so I must be fine now. <laughs> I, think it's like, I think part of it is like, how do I feel when I'm running? Um, and then how do I feel when I'm done running? So I feel like, how do you feel when you're done running? If you need a nap, you're probably not recovered. That's like sleep deprivation and like general fatigue. And then if you feel like crap while you're running, that's just your muscles and joints not being recovered to do anything. So I feel like it's kind of paying attention to both of those um, hmm. at the same time.
0: How do you you handle the sleep deprivation while you're in these events? Even, I mean, like I said, 24 hours is not a tremendously long time to be awake, but it's longer than normal. But, like, how do you – do you prepare for this somehow, or do you just have to go into the event and just be ready for it?
1: I guess in terms of preparation is I just try and sleep a lot leading to it. So, like, make sure I start the race with the sleeping tank full. Um, And then it's just, you know, caffeine – intake that's sort of happening throughout the whole time and then in fiji we kind of had to go to like different strategies of like just like talking and singing and like dissolving non-tablets on our tongues and just doing things that like will keep you awake because there's only so much caffeine you can take right um before it you know it's not healthy anymore <laughs>
0: So when it comes to sleep, this is something that I have a problem with sometimes when I'm like, I need to get a good night's sleep. I put pressure on myself to sleep well, and then I sleep terribly. <laughs> like so, it's like yeah. counterintuitive for that. Yeah, 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 I don't necessarily sleep well during a taper either, just because um, I'm not like worn down. I'm like a little puppy that needs to be like run around so I can sleep well. Yeah. So like, do, what do you do to sleep well, like leading up? Do you have any tricks or are you, just, are you just good to kind of sleep? Or is there any like kind of routines that you have to help your sleep?
1: I think I have a sleeping superpower.
0: Oh, nice. (laughs) Good for you.
1: I can sleep really, even the day before the event, I usually don't really have an issue. And if I do, I feel like what keeps me up is then more worrying about not being able to sleep than actually not being tired. So I just try to keep telling myself, like, I've slept enough up to this point, I'm going to be fine. And even if I'm not sleeping and I have my eyes closed and I'm laying in bed, I'm getting rest um so just kind of trying not to fight it and get frustrated with it usually then just puts me to sleep but um i think i'm lucky in a way that i don't really suffer from insomnia or anything like that i can sleep pretty easily
0: that's interesting it's like reverse psychology for yourself it's like you don't really need that much sleep you're already fine (laughs) You're you're not worried about it yeah yeah because that's, that's what I'll do. I'll just sit there and be like, what do I have to do to get better sleep? I'm like, am I looking at my cell phone too much? How much yeah. coffee am I drinking? And then that's what I'm thinking about. Like, okay, like how do I get more sleep later? Um, yeah, so I'm getting more anxious, which is not awesome.
1: Counterproductive. <laughs> yeah,
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, cool. So if you were to have like come across like an athlete, who you're coaching to kind of build up to uh, an ultra event? Like what what kind of piece of advice would you give someone who really wants to try their first ultra race?
1: Um, probably the biggest thing for ultras is fueling. So I always tend to tell like athletes, like you have the fitness and even if maybe you don't have the 100% of the fitness that you need, Mentally, you can push through it. It's just going to be the recovery is going to be a little bit longer. But one thing that really stops you from reaching the finish line is if you bonk. And so I feel like the calorie intake during a race is very, very important and the liquid intake. Um, and not waiting until you're bonked and hungry to eat, but like have a schedule of and a nutrition plan and a nutrition backup plan and then a backup plan of a backup plan so mm. that you never fall off of your calorie intake. Um, and I think that's probably the most important part about ultras.
0: Yeah, because it, it, it kind of is an eating contest at a certain point. It is, yeah. <laughs> what, what does that look like for you? Like, so do you go in and be like every 20 minutes? Is it looks like like this? Is it really structured, or is there internal cues that you're using, or like, yeah, are you literally on? Schedule. I do
1: I do two hundred to three hundred calories every hour and nice. I tend to just do everything on the hour because I I don't really like snacking the whole time. So I'm like between like one fifty five and two hundred five, I'm gonna eat this bar even if I don't want it. Um and then if I if I do feel hungry and if I do feel like I'm low on energy, then I would increase it, but I'd never go below it.
0: Hmm. And that and your stomach your stomach handles that okay, like you've just done enough that you know what works for you.
1: Uh, not always. Sometimes I could get really nauseous and I get a stomach ache, but I try to, I try to still push through to just shoving more food in it.
0: Just, just <laughs> find out.
1: Eventually it like gives up and like, you know, just kind of keeps on running.
0: Yeah. Um, and you mentioned like, you know, to letting somebody know it's like mentally you are going to be able to do it. And I, I agree. I think there's a point where one way or another, someone can keep going, um, but a lot of times the, the person who is going into this endeavor, they might not believe that. So do you, how could you help someone who might be like, well, I'm really not sure. I'm not sure if it gets hard that I'm going to be able to keep going.
1: I feel like in that case, it's, it's, I, instead of having a goal of finishing in a certain time or finishing a certain number of miles, I think what's really helpful is to have a goal of doing your best. And hmm. so if that is getting 20% of the race done, if that was your best on a given day, you've reached your goal. And so I feel like when you go in like that, it's less pressure of like how far you need to go. It's more just the effort that you're putting in. And that's a lot easier to accomplish because it can vary on a given day. Like sometimes your 100% effort gets you 10 miles because there's things that are going wrong that are taking up your mental capacity away. Sometimes that's 100 miles because everything went pretty great and like you were able to work through the problems. Um, So I feel like having that as a goal, it's a lot easier to do better than having like a certain number or placing or something like that in mind.
0: I love the way to, to, to reframe that, right? Like the goal doesn't necessarily have to be like the completion or a certain time. It would probably make it way harder to quit if your goal is, I just want to do my best because yeah. like in your head, you know that you're, you're, there's something more there. and that you, Even if you're the time or the place might not be what you thought, like you know if you're you're doing your best or not. Like that
1: actually, that happened to me in Sweden. Um, it's the 24 hour ultra world championship. Is five mile laps. So you go up and down a mountain and then every five mile lap, you're back at your pit. And so with like three hours left of the race, um, I was in a position where I could quit and I would win. Um, but I've always wanted my goal to be to do my best. And at that point I was still able to walk and I was still able to shuffle and I was still able to do most of the obstacles. And so I had this like really difficult moment where I couldn't decide if I wanted to go out for another lap because I didn't have to. Hmm. So I knew if I stopped right, then I would come short of my goal of doing my best because I could, I could just walk another lap and be done. And I was like, well, I could probably walk another five miles. <laughs> I feel like in a way it like pushes you to do more than what you need to when that is your goal
0: yeah yeah definitely and like yeah and if if it just so happens in your case like that that's enough to win like that's great but right like but at least you know no matter what like that's the way to come up with and is that a has that always been the the case for you when you're going into this race is like wanting to do your best and I know like the wanting to not quit is something that we've talked that's come up a couple times but do you typically go into race with the goals of wanting to push yourself as hard as you can? Or is there ever time where like, I'm here to win?
1: I feel like that kind of evolved when I was racing so much. Because when I was racing, like every other week, or sometimes even every weekend, it became really daunting to have the achievement goals in mind. Hmm. And so in a way to like make myself still be able to toe that start line, I just had to switch to this kind of you know outlook because i was like i'm not feeling really great and my foot really hurts and i like i don't really know what i can do and then when i was like well just do your best fit whatever that might be on a given day and then i kind of just latch on to that um which i feel like maybe sometimes it makes me a little less competitive because (laughs) i catch up to somebody and they're like going a little faster and maybe if i like really really wanted to win i could like pass them but i'm like well i feel like this is like the limit of what i do right <laughs> now and then i just don't this um, feels like my best <laughs> it, it, it's like a two-way it's almost kind of like a way out sometimes but i feel like overall it makes me less scared of races and it makes me you know like kind of like this weekend it type would never show up <laughs> to a weekend like that if my only goal was to win because like there's clearly so much unknown that you can't go in with that kind of goal um without it being really really scary
0: And how, how was that in doing like a team sport, like eco challenge? Like, is that because then it's like, Oh, okay. I want to do my best for myself and for my, my team. And when you guys were going into eco challenge, I mean, just even by recruiting athletes like you and and Ryan Atkins that like, it seems like the team wanted to do well. Did you guys go there? Like, Hey, we're, we're here to do really well.
1: I think all of us had a goal of like, doing really well but coming in we had no idea <laughs> what that meant um, especially having never have raced before um, so it's, you have a team of four people and if just only one of them quits you're out um, yeah. that's quite a big task with four people that you know I've never I've trained with them for two days that was it um, so I think we didn't realize just how good we could be until like later on in the race um, at, one po- at that point like we also felt great and we we're like okay let's just try to you know place but we've also knew at the same time that so much can happen and i feel like once once we like focused on the placing we kind of got lost for five hours and (laughs) almost lost a bunch of places um which is just a good reminder to kind of it's better to just be focused on the race and doing your best and whatever that puts you like that's where you deserve to be
0: yeah that's what seems so frustrating about that race is that like you could just get lost.
1: You can get very lost for a very long time.
0: And like and I'm sh- and I know like the your captain's name was what? Bob Bob Miller. Bob
1: Miller, yeah.
0: He and he seemed like a like a vet with all that stuff and like the navigation piece. Was that ever anything that you had to do? Like did you have to or were you just like, I'm here just to full on just board capacity. I'm just gonna be here to do like the lifting and just moving with the team? Or did you have have to kind of get into that nitty gritty with like, where are we? And like, how do we do this stuff? <clears throat>
1: um, I feel like we just, I think that's why we did so well because we kind of accepted the roles that we had on the team. Yeah. So we didn't spend time arguing what's the right way. Um, Bob knew the right way. So we followed Bob. And then if he got tired and he like needed help or like asked for the input or we like, Oh, this is like, we really need to consider that so like uh, when we were finishing we were actually going towards the wrong island because the winds and the currents pushed our boat sideways and so at that point we like as a team we made a decision oh we're gonna like change direction and go there instead but other than that a lot most of the time it was uh, we just listened to bob and trusted in his skills and i feel like that's what made us good because we wasted no time like thinking oh i think we should go that way instead
0: (laughs) and was that even an issue like when you guys got there you're like okay we're following we're following this guy or did it was there parts during the race where you were kind of like wanting to be more into that role or were you just like we're good following
1: I feel like having like so little experience, I was almost scared to try to lead too much just because I'm like, there's probably things that they have from years of racing that I don't know that are affecting their decision right now at the moment. Um, but I, we definitely all spoke up when there was something that we weren't okay with. Um, and I feel like all the time we were able to just like you know have more people chime in and then be like okay we all agree this is the right decision and then sometimes like at some point Brian and I just got so tired we couldn't even walk anymore and like Bob and Scott wanted to keep going and we're like we can so we'd lay down and (laughs) fell asleep and they kind of had to follow so there's like the physical limits that kind of made you change your decisions a little bit but um Other than that, we kind of had our roles, and like we worked together as a team really, really well.
0: Yeah, was there was there any stress moments of the team? Because I'm sure, like, even if it's one person is trusting one one of the leaders versus another leader, or there's some sort of like leadership power grab, it could just dissolve an attempt to do well at all, just from the start. Was there any moment like that that you felt like that? things were going off the rails or 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 was it pretty seamless all the way through
1: it was pretty seamless after we got lost for about five to six hours i feel like we all kind of felt pretty bad about that um but like then like when we finally figured out where we were there was this like beautiful sunrise (laughs) so gorgeous it was really hard to be mad at anybody and um you know like you just I just like thought, how would I feel if I was the navigator, and if I like got a team lost? Like, not, nothing there is like done on purpose, and you know the mistakes happen. And um, I feel like there was no hard feelings ever, and we just kind of trusted everybody for everything the whole time.
0: And that feeling of, of relief to then know that you're back on course was probably pretty nice. <laughs> oh yeah, it <laughs> was
1: amazing. It was even better when we realized nobody passed us in our six hours.
0: That's so course. crazy
1: but then it was like really stressful because we knew that everybody else was more rested than us and that we had to really give it every single thing that we had to keep our position until the finish line.
0: And in terms of so just like the last thing about this cuz I, I was curious when the when the um the the kiwi's boat like disintegrated or whatever happened yeah. and like you guys were there it almost did, even on the even on TV where like, we didn't really know what was going on, but at that moment I was like, Holy shit, Canada might win this. They might win this race. Um and I thought like they might get you guys might just win on default or whatever because they couldn't finish. Was there any like why didn't you guys win? Like why didn't like why did they get to get
1: I feel like that was kind of like it wasn't shown very well, I, I got a lot of questions like you guys should have won. Like the wind was like taken away from you. But um, the boats that we did this um, last battle in, they were supplied by the race. And so you got to the beach and there were like, you know, 68 boats. And you just were like, I want that one. And they gave you that one. And so theirs just like, wasn't made properly. Uh-huh. So it was under no fault of their own that that boat fell apart. And throughout the whole race they were the best team yeah. so i feel like if we if we won because of an accident that was under no fault of their own i would feel really bad about that so i'm really really actually really happy we didn't pass them because we had no idea all of that was happening we thought like kiwis were already in the hotel shower <laughs> right. and they were like you were only an hour and a half behind um so i think like maybe the show should like describe more of that a little bit better because like if your mountain bike broke you brought that mountain bike so you're responsible for that equipment so you have to fix it but if it's something that the race just kind of gave you like you have no responsibility to make sure that works
0: yeah yeah, so it's, it sounds like you really enjoy the adventure type races and, you know, really branching out into these different elements of your training. Like I said, like putting a lot of volume in on the biking and skiing, things like that, and having some of those adventure races coming up in 2021. But what are some of the goals you do have for the next, like, upcoming year or so? Like, granted, anything happens.
1: <laughs> yeah, I feel like right now everything is so up and down. It's really hard to, like, make concrete goals. But the few things that are definitely happening, are: I'm doing an expedition adventure race in Ben Or. Oregon in May um so that's like when Big goal. I I heard that there's rappelling with a bike so um it's gonna definitely be a lot of like skills and everything and then the Patagonia Eco Challenge should also supposedly happen in 2021 um so I feel like those are the only two things that are certain on my schedule right now um Spartan is supposedly having a 2021 season um so if that happens I definitely want to do um their ultra series next year um just kind of pick up where the the season left off which was the first race that got canceled right. um but yeah i think like right now it's it's basically this and then also like sort of try and figure out um like what i want to do in life besides racing because i think that this COVID break kind of put like the whole thing in the big question mark. like will there be professional racing still um would they even be like in person racing next year at all so i think like feeling the Time that I have now with something I want to m- make it be meaningful is kind of also like a side goal.
0: Yeah, that's a big goal. Yeah, because you got to figure. Yeah, worry about what Spartan's going to do, right? Like, are they guys going to dis the the pro team or the pro athletes? Like, what are they going to do with everything like that? Like, you wouldn't be beyond them, just be like, yeah, no more of this. You know, they, <laughs> it could be as simple as that. Yeah, like, eh, I'm sick of this. This is kind of becoming a pain. So, um, onto something else. So you just and you're You're recently starting to work at a gym as well, and you got some coaching stuff going on too. Yeah,
1: um, so I started online coaching in December. Um, so I'm still doing that. It's um, it's really nice to have someone else's goals um, in mind, too. So, like, when mine aren't going as great, I'm like, well, my athletes are doing really good. So you can, um, you know, like, celebrate other people's successes. Um, and then, yeah, I'm also starting to work at a gym um, November 2nd. And I'm really excited for that because I always kind of wanted to work with people. And um, I'm, like, really excited to be in, like, a, you know group setting again um being a pro athlete can be really fun to be able to explore and adventure all the time but it can also get lonely sometimes so i'm looking forward to having more like human interaction on a daily basis um so yeah i'll I'll just kind of like with everything i've done before i'm just gonna see where it takes me and um then figure out what's next from there (laughs)
0: Yeah, like I said, the sliding doors—things just seem to to move, and different opportunities seem to open up. What kind of um, what kind of athletes do you typically like to work with in terms of a- endurance? Like, who, what athletes should reach out to you?
1: Um, I tend to prefer like to coach for endurance, um, just because that's where I have more experience in and more expertise and everything. Um, but other than that, in terms of ability, I have people who like run twenty miles a week, and I have people who run like. 80 miles a week so it's a range of people and goals and if they just want to run for fun to be fit or if they want to like win and smash all the races um so anybody who like wants to work on something that's more long-term and not so much race like a specific race oriented i really love to work with those people
0: very cool um and where can people find you
1: um, so Instagram is probably the best place. Um, my handle is just Raya Coble, Um And if you message me, I try to really get back to everybody um, on there. And then I also have an email um, for my coaching email. It's actually RayaKCoaching at gmail.com. Um, cool. And I also have a website. So I think if you just Google my name, um, it's going to come up. <laughs>
0: cool. Cool. So yeah, and, and Instagram, like we, we talked in the beginning, it, it's very well thought out, you know, good messages on there. Uh, really good, really good, thoughtful pieces. So uh, you're doing a great job with that.
1: Thank you. I enjoy it.
0: So. <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, cool, Ray. Well, I do appreciate you taking time, especially like fresh off of that crazy competition and you know, <laughs> back into real life. So yeah, so I'll make sure to link everything in the show notes. And that'll be us just signing off.
1: Perfect. Thank you so much. This was really fun chatting. All right. See ya. Bye.